I too echo Premier McNeil's remarks. Uh, my thoughts are with uh, the family who uh, continue to grieve uh, the loss of their loved one uh, because we are unfortunately reporting uh, the death of another Nova Scotian due to COVID-19. Uh, this death was a, a woman in her 70s with underlying medical conditions. She actually, uh, she from Central Zone, she actually passed away a number of weeks ago. Uh, her death had been under investigation uh, since then to determine if it was actually COVID-related or not. And, uh, we've now got the information to make the conclusion that uh, this was actually related uh, to uh, COVID-19. We now have 62 Nova Scotians who have uh, died due to COVID-19. Uh, along with that, we're reporting one new case of COVID-19 and bringing the total number of confirmed cases to 1,060. Uh, we do know that this new case is a, is a, is a close contact of a, of a known case, which is, uh, helps us uh, give us assurance of we know where the person was, uh, was likely exposed. We have had a few days in the past week uh, with low to no cases, uh, so the news continues to be good. Uh, but I've, I, I want to caution everybody about reading too much into a single day or even a few days. Uh, we know we have to watch uh, the epidemiology for a minimum of two weeks to understand uh, uh, any, any one situation. Um, and so and we have to continue uh, through June and into the summer, even as we reopen things, continue to have a strong focus on uh, easy access to testing, low threshold for testing, uh, and, and, and strong follow-up of any positive cases, uh, and an overall strong focus on, on, on ongoing monitoring of the epidemiology. We know that the QE2 lab, they processed 578 tests yesterday. Uh, we have one licensed long-term care home that has active COVID-19, which, uh, which is Northwood, as, as people know. Uh, and now we're down to one. They, they have a single resident who uh, is considered an active case. So we continue to make progress uh, at Northwood. Again, uh, that uh, so while all this is good news, uh, things are trending in the right di direction. We uh, we we have to be careful. Uh, we need and we can't. Uh, we need to be uh, continuing to take a, a very measured and cautious approach as we as we move into recovery. Um, it's, I want to need to emphasize that anybody, anybody feeling unwell uh, or should actually think about doing uh, going to the 811 online assessment. We have a broad range of symptoms now that if people have, new, have those symptoms that are new or worsening uh, of chronic symptoms, then they should actually uh, you know, be looking to get a, a test for COVID-19. We know that COVID presents in, a, in quite a diverse manner and a number of different symptoms. So if you're, if you're unsure at all, uh, uh, if you're if you're feeling unwell, we really encourage people to do that 811 online assessment, and you'll get further direction uh, about testing from there. I know there's been a number of questions over the last few days uh, about data, uh, and we have been working to uh, resolve those. Um, uh, and, and we have we have a, the, 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 the solution, and so I want to just help people understand why we've had some of those challenges. Uh, at the very beginning uh, of COVID, uh, we knew we needed to get immediate information that we could report publicly very quickly, and we used uh, our lab inf information, the number of cases coming from our lab. Uh, at the same time, we're in the process of finalizing the implementation of our public health information.
station panorama, uh, but we were, we, but the lab the lab information had not yet been integrated into that panorama system. So because of the the time pressures and the workload around uh, around dealing with the peak of COVID, we were we weren't able to do that integration, and because we were having to use two different uh, data systems, that that gave the opportunity uh, for some discrepancies to arise. We have now been able to finalize the integration of the lab information into Panorama. Uh, and the good news of that, we are the first province in the country to actually do that full integration of lab information uh, of notifiable diseases being fully integrated into the public health electronic information system. So that is a good news. It also means that Panorama is our, now our single source of, uh, of data. Uh, and starting tomorrow, we'll be able to reconcile some of the inconsistencies that has you've that people have seen and 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 starting uh, to produce that uh, what I call the gold standard of accurate information coming from pa from panorama so that will be starting tomorrow I understand uh, that people are eager to make plans about summer vacation. School, uh, at least for students, officially ended last Friday. Uh, people are thinking about uh, being able to get out and about more uh, as we move out of the first wave of COVID. Um, and so we, we need to talk, just I want to talk a few minutes about travel, that uh, that it, it certainly is the point now where we can, within Nova Scotia, uh, that people can travel more freely. It's important we understand that there are, there are going to be many challenges to our uh, local uh, economy and our tourism industry. So this year is going to be a year of really we encourage people to actually uh, do your vacation at home within Nova Scotia, move, uh, tra travel around the province, doing that safely, but at the same time supporting our local economy uh, and, and in communities around the province. We know that uh, many businesses that were opened on Friday are, are just starting to, uh, to, to open up. Um, that it's important that we support those businesses, but it's also important that we understand that uh, Friday was a very big day. By opening up a lot of things on the, on the, on the business side, we have uh, necessarily introduced some increased risk of COVID-19 uh, re recurring. Uh, so we need to watch things uh, over, the over the next uh, couple of weeks. We have had on two consecutive weekends, we've had a single case where, where there, we're not clear on where the person would have been exposed. And therefore, we have to conclude there was some unknown exposure in the community. So there are still some signs of community transmission in the recent past. Uh, and so even though our, our numbers of COVID-19 are low, uh, that, that emphasizes the need for us to continue to take uh, a cautious approach. Uh, we'll continue to watch the epidemiology closely and monitor things uh, go out throughout June. We're already starting to say to put together plans to present to the Premier about if the epidemiology is sustained, what the next step in our in our uh, in our reopening and our, on our recovery uh, could be, uh, and that uh, hopefully all all things will go well, and we'll be able to be able to have an, in, an a further opening as we enter into uh, in, in end of June, early July, uh, and 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 give more opportunities for people to do a variety of things around summer vacation. But for now, while we work through that, there's still lots of opportunity. People can go to their cottage, go fishing. Uh, private campgrounds are open uh, next. 
26th, June 15th, uh, our, our public campgrounds will be open. Uh, get outdoors. Uh, you know, people can go ride a bike, go, f go for a hike. Uh, we have restaurants open. People can go with people in their household or their household bubble going out for dinner. Uh, it's just important that people still, while they're doing all those things, remember about maintaining social distance, about people who are not in your household or household bubble, careful hand washing, uh, and, and, and especially if people are feeling unwell, just staying home until they either have gone through the testing if appropriate or if, or if they're feeling better. So while we're doing uh, have more opportunities, while we're, we're encouraging people to get out and be more active, it's important that, uh, that we do that safely. And I'm going to end by, you know, I had some conversations yesterday and today with, with uh, colleagues in government who uh, are involved in the uh, in various inspections, whether it's an, from an occupational health and safety inspection, uh, alcohol and gaming who were out on the weekend in bars and restaurants. And they're consistently, what they, what they said is that they were impressed with uh, how uh, thorough the, the, the plans that businesses have put together uh, to open, but to do open uh, safely. Uh, and so we're very encouraged about uh, the, the the commitment by on the business sector uh, and, and their um, and their work to implement uh, safe plans, uh, but I want to remind people that while that happens. It's, it's equally important that as Nova Scotians, we collectively do what we need to do. While we have opening up safe environments, whether it's retail environments, uh, work environments, community uh, opportunity environments, they'll only work if as Nova Scotians, we go there and we do what we need to do around maintaining social distance, looking after one another, making sure that we're not overcrowding, uh, making sure we're following the rules about staying within our households or household bubbles, focusing on hand washing, staying home if we're, if we're not well. It's, a, it's this collective effort. Businesses, organizations doing what they can do, each Nova Scotian and Nova Scotian family doing what we can do, and it's a collective work that, that will provide this, uh, this appropriate level of safety while we work to reopen and recover both our economy and our, and our communities.